0: Whether you are a startup or an established entrepreneur, nothing communicates your company's message better than brilliant branding. With over 25 years in the business and over 250 companies named, expert Phil Davis and his team at Tungsten Branding will enlighten, brighten, and illuminate your mind so your brand will shine. Get ready to flip the switch and spark your imagination. Welcome. To Brilliant Branding with hosts Phil Davis and Liz Heemstrom.
1: Welcome to this week's edition of Brilliant Branding. I'm here with Liz. How are you doing today, Liz?
0: I am
2: doing well, doing well. It's warming up a little bit.
1: Finally, we just got through a foot of snow here in Western North Carolina and we're thawing out, but we're warming up as well because we've gotten some great news in the last week. Um, We were nominated and awarded a top five naming firm globally by clutch.co mm-hmm. um, so we're very honored to receive that out of 159
2: about yeah about that much yeah.
1: more or less 159
2: yeah, exactly. well
1: yeah exactly, exactly um so we got the we came in fourth so our goal next year is numero uno <laughs> Look out, unnamed other naming firm. We have a New
2: Year's resolution. Yeah,
1: we're coming for you. (laughs) Last week, we're going to get right to it this week because last week we touched some pain points about rebranding and seven signs it might be time to rebrand your business. And there are everything from having geographic limitations in your name to having outmoded names, uh, misleading names, uh, trademark issues, names that were just vanilla and forgettable. And so we promised last week that if you hit some of these tick boxes and you said going into the new year, maybe it's time I look at refocusing, redefining, and rebranding my business that we'd give you some solutions this week. What are the benefits? Um, And then next week we'll get into the actual process, Liz, that we go through with clients. What are the the bare bones things you need to do? How do you pragmatically go about the rebranding process? But today what we're going to do is talk about the positives of rebranding. Last week was, you know, we touched the pain points. So this week we're going to get right into it. And we have five of them that I think are the the constant themes that we find that clients on the other side of going through this kind of remodeling job of going and, and rebranding your business. What are the, the, the good things that come out of it? My wife and I have rebranded our house and we're, <laughs> rebranding is a little bit similar to that just about the end of it, you're ready to throw up your hands and quit. On the other side, we've got a wonderful new environment. Our bathroom was redone and I'm not standing in a broken shower anymore and holding a bucket. So we've all been there. There is another side, there is hope. (laughs) And the hope I think that most people get out of a rebranding experience and the number one thing that we have on our list and it defines who we are as tungsten, the number one benefit of rebranding your company is getting clarity. And clarity is the one thing that people lose as their companies go from the initial idea and the initial thought process through this rapid growth cycle where they ideate and they change and they adapt and they take another product line on and they change this and they make a shift, usually based on whatever business model it seems to be working. And then one day they wake up and they go, there is a huge disconnect between where we started as a company, where we are now and how we identify ourselves and as we touched on last week, that leads to some really awkward conversations. It's almost like a game of, you know, charades. You know, no, it's two syllables. Sounds like this. You're almost there. You got it on the nose. Yeah. And we've talked about that conversation you have sometimes that you're at. A, we went to a trade show a few weeks ago. You know, you've got a bad name when someone asks, well, who are you with? And you say it on an elevator. And they go, what is that? And when you try to delve into explain, you can get that look like, when do I get off on the next floor? (laughs) Let me off the elevator.
2: Right, right.
1: So we don't want that. We want people to be really clear about what they're doing. So one of the biggest drivers in all of our rebranding assignments tends to be companies that want to create more clarity about the true nature and purpose of their business. There's just a, a disconnect. And one of the things we frequently say is that we help you get your story straight. We help you get your story straight so that you can get that transition from hello, my name is, I'm with so-and-so into tell me more, I'd like to engage you uh, a lot more quickly by being more transparent. Uh, Some examples, and we've had a number of these, and I think these really drive home the point of how that disconnect happens over time and how you can do it. What is the benefit of it? The benefit is clarity. We had a client came to us literally with the name PC, and it wasn't PC like politically correct. It was the computer. PC
2: means a whole new thing. A whole new thing.
1: PCnet-inc.com. You can almost feel the pain in the domain name. And they were putting cables in the back of computers. They just didn't even do it anymore. And it's not just some of these companies haven't just transitioned to where that's not our focus anymore. Some of them, it's a legacy business they no longer use, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm imagining right. if your business name was uh, wordperfectexperts.com. <laughs> <laughs> You've got those word perfect problems?
2: Everyone does. Yes.
1: Everyone's we're the,
2: still using word perfect. We're still
1: using it. Here, Lotus, Lotus Notes and word perfect. So they were stuck with that. They were into big data, and this is what happens. One thing leads to another. They were good at working on computers. People said, can you do this, and now can you do that? And they transitioned to where everyone is now in this space, which is more about data security, Um, the cloud, the infamous cloud. Um, Sounds like a scary movie. When I first started hearing about the cloud, it was like the matrix, the cloud.
2: Or the mist.
1: Yeah, it's coming to get you. (laughs) You don't know what's in it. They were doing data, and it's pervasive. Yes. Yes. So we said, well, what is it? Well, everything we do is very mission critical. It's about your core business and protecting your core assets. It's about servers. It's about us servicing your servers. So we created Core Serva. And what it did is it allowed them to gain more clarity. And clarity, and I want to be really clear here, clarity does not mean being literal and descriptive. Clarity means getting close enough in the essence and sense of your brand that you can segue off your name equally, um, equally, it's a new word, easily <laughs> and effortlessly yeah. into a conversation. So if you were to say, I'm with Core Serva," oh, well, well, what is that? Well, we're in the business of, of big data and core essential services that service industries nationwide, um, instead of saying we're with PCNet, net, uh, what do you you network PC? Well, we used to back in the 90s and you start almost going backwards. So we've talked before about we had a company called Pipeline Management, which did anything but manage pipelines. Um, and they tried to loosely make a metaphor out of that, but it just didn't work. So we got them closer to clarity by calling them Revisent because they really dealt with sales and driving the bottom line and driving revenue. Mm-hmm. So going from revescent to revenue generating services is a lot more clear than going from pipeline management to an explanation about how that's really not accurate to then an explanation about what you really do. So if you if this is resonating with you, this is probably one of those signs that it's time to rebrand if you're going through these kind of tortured processes of hemming and hawing and explaining and, and trying to do that. So there's an example, two examples there. Probably one that stands out in my mind as one of the most disconnected. was a company that got involved early on in the web, probably back when they were using words like cyber. You know, cyber's not used in web. Yeah, cyber web, <laughs> except for Cyber Monday.
2: <laughs> that's true. It's the that's, only
1: cyber I think left. that's
2: really the only time that they ever use cyber anymore.
1: Yeah, or cyber security. But these things become so quickly dated. Mm -hmm. So they were involved with doing things that were Internet based and it evolved through all kinds of iterations into doing trade show um, management. So you could be at a trade show. Your company's doing its deal. You're free to just interact with customers. And they would set up a booth and create like luggage tags, things that they could print out and do it as a lead capture. So, Liz, would you like a beautiful leather luggage tag? Well, are you in the are you in the market for this product or this service? When is your timeline? Is it in the next couple of weeks? And they would help you develop your your sales leads. So the company that's hiring you can just interact and not have to worry about it. They would come back to the company later and say, Well, here you go. Here's 30 prospects, and here's the hot ones. And these guys have the budget and they're going to move in the next couple of weeks. That's what they did. But their name was Webtronics. Not with an ICS with an IX at the end. Webtronics. And it wasn't the dot com, it was a dot net. So we worked with them and we said, how can we create more clarity? And in this sense, we created, much better than pipeline management, we created bright pipe. Now you know there's no such thing as a bright pipe.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: you know it's a deliberate metaphor. Yeah. And the tagline became Intelligent Lead Flow Management. There's clarity. And you know, we bright pipe. What do you do? Intelligent Lead Flow. And the whole thing came together in a way that unfortunately did not come together for the people at Pipeline Management. <laughs> I think when you don't have a clear brand, you feel kind of nauseous. And our next client also did because their name was Sick Consulting. SIC, and it was what was that originally, Liz? Was that an initial from the owners? How did they come up with SIC? It's those typical acronym-based names.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not sure.
1: SIC, and so they had to painfully avoid saying it. They had to say SIC,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they mean like sick. Now you could have said, "Yes, we are sick," and owned it. <laughs> we have the sickest consulting on the internet. We asked them, what would be more um, clear? They said, well, we're pivotal to clients' operations. They're in business services, and they did all kinds of things that involved functionality around business processing. And so we said, so everything kind of pivots around you. And they said, yes, we come in, you know, we help uh, empower our clients to do more things by showing them and teaching them and setting up systems. And so we created another metaphor for them, one rivet. And it was just a very kind of stand and deliver kind of name. So when you went to them, you could just go from one rivet into being central and vital mm-hmm. and important to doing projects from enterprise resource planning to whatever. And that was a much easier transition than to kind of do this awkward dance around sick consulting. So again, all of these point to the goal of creating Brands that are more clear and conducive to a transition into a conversation about the company. Another one we had was called Matchup, a company that came to us, and everyone thought they were in the dating business. Yeah. It was almost the only thing worse than that is if they were called Hookup. <laughs>
2: I mean, you have match.com and I think like you have and, and you have hookup. Yeah. And you, think, and you
1: got match up. You
2: got meetups.
1: And meetups. And
2: you're thinking, I'm meeting up with people. I'm matching up. Got to meet my match.
1: Got to meet my match. So, as much as they were trying to match people up with other people that were doing fitness. Yes. So, it was an, an application where you it would kind of aggregate right. all the Fitbit data and the mm-hmm. Apple data. Well,
2: yeah. And it was sort of like this competition. So, it was like meet your match. You meet know, your kind match. Of thing. But, yeah. like, not in a meet your match, like your soulmate, it was meet your match.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, we're going to match you up against other people. And now you could do in offices, you could do friendly competitions. Yeah, it was, it was
2: all about weight loss, nutrition. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: So, and this is what's really interesting. When we talk about clarity, and I've mentioned this before. Sometimes the worst brand names of all are ones that are close, but <laughs> not quite right. hmm Because, People make the assumption, oh, I get what you do. And you go, no, 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 you don't. Yeah. So rather than being befuddled, which is not good, they're worse than that. They're confident that you do something that you don't do. Yep. So now you've almost got to break their confidence to go, no, we don't do that. Um, And that, that can be very problematic when you're trying to acquire clients and you have to actually mentally arrest them and tell them we don't do what it sounds like we do.
2: Wait, come back. Come back. We're not a dating site. We're
1: not a dating site.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so we worked with them, and eventually they came up with a bunch of ideas. We came up with the ideas, and we ended up calling it stride kick.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And stride being, you know, keeping in stride, you know, keeping an, uh, in line, being on point, kick, adding a little bit of
2: energy. zest and energy yeah.
1: to the name. Activity. So, stridekick.com became the site that aggregates this data and much more congruent with what they were trying to do. Mm -hmm. And it's a little play on sidekick.
2: Exactly. Yes. And that's sort of they wanted to build in because they talked to us a lot about wanting to be able to educate people about health and nutrition as well.
1: Yes. and So, so just being being, your health sidekick. Yeah. Your sidekick, your friends. It's a little Mm -hmm. bit of a play on words and Mm -hmm. it gets people interested. They get engaged. Um... Not engaged, like matchup.
2: Right, not a yes. Again, again, you gotta, you gotta be careful. See those names. Yeah,
1: Uh, one that reminds me of that too is uh, we had a client that came to us and they were called Triple Crown, and I'm like, well, what's that's not so bad, Mm -hmm. you know, Triple Crown. I mean, that's the the ultimate for a horse to win all three of these events. You win the Triple Crown. He says that's just it. We're not in the horse business.
2: That could be a problem. That
1: could be a problem, Houston. We have a branding problem. <laughs> yes, yes. So for them, they really struggled because they had to clarify that, and that's what we're talking about. We're How not talking
2: we, about horses. We're talking yes. about other, any other animal. Well,
1: okay, any <laughs> dogs, other dogs, mainly, not, actually. It was dogs. So they were like one of the leading dog training facilities in the nation. I believe they were Texas-based. Yeah. He was so adamant about this. He goes, "I, I don't want to even risk any." it over into the dog category because he he had such a problem with the triple crown he says just create a positive name for us so we created a brand it was just star mark star mark products so he was able to then just talk about when you train your dog we're going to make the dog the star you're going to make you the star it's the mark of excellence these are great products so he put the emphasis on the quality of the products instead of trying to explain that they don't you know, have anything to do with horses. I was in a, a pet store and I saw a whole aisle of these and I'd forgotten. It took me probably about two years to roll this out. I'd forgotten about it. I was holding something. I go, man, this name seems familiar to me. <laughs> My wife goes, I think you named this. That <laughs> happens from time to time. So definitely clarity is the number one driver that we see when we have these assignments. We had a a bank that was a private bank in Georgia, and so they op- opened a mortgage division and naturally it was private mortgage, except that a private mortgage is a non-bank mortgage. So their name was the antithesis of what they do. Mm-hmm. They don't do private mortgages, but it was private bank. Right. So we just did a little tweak on that one and called it Private Plus. And it was just enough to disrupt your brain to go, well, what is Private Plus? Well, it's a premium mortgage that you can get through our service. So there are ways that you can take names and create more clarity out of them. Um, And that is the goal. The number one goal that we find when we do naming and branding is to create clarity. I mean, there's trademark issues. There's all kinds of things. But more than anything else, we deal with that. And I think probably the biggest cluster that we got into is a company called AutoWeb, which sounds like they sell cars online. Right. And they had another company
2: automated.
1: Oh yeah. And Corex. And we ended up calling them Trubiquity. They were a unified platform that operated worldwide dealing with automotive. So Clarity's number one. We're going to come back and talk about the other four points that you need that you benefit from when you go through a rebranding process. You're listening to Tungsten, Brilliant Branding, and we'll be back to you in just a few moments.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're tungsten and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming? when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image. Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at TungstenBranding.com for your free quote. That's TungstenBranding.com.
1: on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.
0: The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero or send an email to info at tungstenbranding dot com. Now, back to this week's program.
1: Welcome back to Brilliant branding. This week, we're talking about the benefits of rebranding your company, and there are five of them that we're identifying today. We talked about clarity in the first segment, and that's the biggest one. I mean, that's that's the big the big winner right there. As you come out, and you have clarity you don't have that weird stumble effect of you know this is this is our name and what and huh and you got the furrowed brow and I don't get it and you know you have to go through the whole explanation so now your name is more congruent conducive we'll talk next week in the company rebranding process about how to actually go through a rebrand but the result of going through a rebrand is that you you have more clarity the other thing you benefit from and that we've seen from our clients is they'll come out the other side thinking that all they really need is a new name, but they'll come away with focus. Um, so not only is there clarity, but if you go through a, branding, a process, you'll find out what is it that's that w- central to us? What do we do different, better, faster, more uniquely, more innovatively? What do we do that really makes us different? And if you can brand around those attributes, you'll... This is kind of the trifecta. If you can put all of these together, you'll come away with with clarity, focus, and purpose all kind of embedded in that, in that brand name. And that's wonderful for giving your employees a sense of what it is that you're about. Um, and I think of that, this wasn't a rebrand, but if you think of what are names that, have, that are imbued with that sense of focus, what does it stand for? Take a company like General Motors. It's just General. generally about motors. motors, you know, and it's old school. It's a legacy name. It's General Motors. Well, someone wanted to disrupt that industry and, and create a sense of passion and innovation, so they named it after somebody that was associated with that, and that's Tesla. So if you just think about that, I mean, what if Tesla, instead of Tesla, it had been an advanced automotive, you know, enterprises. It just wouldn't have the same you know so i believe that really in ways trickles through that whole organization you know when people i've heard people say i have stock in tesla or i you know i believe in it. it's like creates a belief and a mission and it's on the legacy of somebody that was a brilliant inventor so you have that sense of focus what is tesla about you can almost get a sense of what they're about from the name so, if you go through a rebrand, take the opportunity to not only just rename your company, not only provide clarity, but imbue it with a sense of purpose and intentionality, so that your employees resonate with it. You don't have to do as much managing. You know, like, what do you? What, you have to really manage at General Motors because there's nothing in it that really says what they're about. We're General and we're Motors, so that has to be then just kind of forced through the organization. Well, here's what our our current mandate is, you know, we're going to be about X, Y, Z, but it's not inherent or obvious in the brand. We had a client that came to us in a Transylvania Vocational Services, and they they needed a name. And we saw the same opportunity, Liz, that it could provide a real sense of purpose. And being a nonprofit, of course, they're they're soaking in purpose. And they were helping people overcome barriers to employment. And so we created the name for them, Surmount, but it was spelled C-E-R-M-O-U-N-T. So it's a corporate presenting name. So when they go and they present, it's a corporate sounding name, Surmount. But it had that little double entendre of overcoming. And the M in the logo looked like the mountains. We had a little wispy little thing that looked like you're over and overcoming these challenges. So that's another example of putting focus into the name. Last week, we talked a little bit about dilution, how names get so diluted. Um, And here's an example I think that stands out in the insurance space that we all know. There's State Farm, there's Farm Bureau, and there's Farmers Insurance. So what is the focus of those three companies? I'm thinking that the farming business must be very lucrative.
2: The agriculture they're is just where it's
1: at. All going after those farmers to this day. And I walk in there, they go. First of all, are you a farmer? But it shows you those legacy names which have never been updated. We were an agricultural society 100, 200 years ago. You know, it was probably 80, 90 percent of people were involved in some form of agriculture, um, and that's never more if these names. And so they're diluted, they're compressed. The names sound the same. There are three names all with the word farm in them. Even state, all state, state, farm. But then you talk about focus. There's a company called Progressive. And now they're putting little, do you see those little ads, Liz, where they you put something in their car and they can track you and see? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you get a discount. Right. So even their safe actions, drivers. Now you're a safe driver and you're getting a mm-hmm. discount. Here's a little piece of technology and we're Progressive. So they get a chance to kind of live that brand and own that sense of, of that. Now, if you work for them, imagine having a meeting in the morning and you say, okay, does everybody know what we're doing here at Farmers?
2: We are Farmers. farmers.
1: Do, 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 do. And that's what they do. You that's have to what s- I
2: would be like, that's yeah, that's do. who, I'm Farmers.
1: I'm Farmers. We're and I just, have this
2: jingle and that's who I am. And
1: you know what happened? This is my ad agency background. So you spend tons of money to say they've got a, uh, an actor now that comes out and shows these weird accents that have happened that they've covered. And they have a museum where they show all of these accidents, you know, the relics of all these Hmm. funny things that have burnt, blown up. But you have to create these very expensive marketing campaigns to kind of imbue the brand, which has got a name that's very similar to three other company names. And you have to instill this message that we're all about covering accidents. But that's kind of what insurance is supposed to do. And so... And then, you know, we're in good hands and this and that, and they all just kind of tripping over each other. Or progressive can just say, we're progressive. kind of tells your brain that we're better. We're ahead. We're not stuck back on the farm. Right. You know, we're moving ahead. So it gives them kind of a built-in advantage. We had a gentleman come to us, and he was trying to create a site and was all set with the name Readior. Again, what focus is it? You know, read, kid. You know, what kid wants to be told to read more? You know, children resent that. And everything we saw about it was that it was really about spending time with your child, all the photos that they gave us for the website. And we said, well, why don't we create more intentionality about spending quality time with your children? And we ended up calling that early moments. And then you still can put in there the, the actual descriptive language. And underneath that, it said sharing the gift of reading. And sure enough, we had no sooner named it Early Moments than the entire industry has really shifted. It's not about books. We're not chopping down trees anymore. Stuff's gone electronic. we got tablets. But this name has just continued to have a sense of focus for the people that work there. The editor that works there loves that name. She writes it about all the time, Early Moments. And probably the last example that that I can think of that shows purpose is we had a client that was flying a plane and named his company Mitre Peak because that was the mountain he was flying over. So he had real no purpose to it. But he was really about working with companies to improve their customer service. And I said, well, how do you do do that? He says, I always help them move ahead. And I help them measure it. And I give them practical step-by-step instructions on how to improve their, you know, human resources practices, their customer interaction, interaction on the phone. It's always about advancing these things and making them better. So we called uh, his company Green Peg, and if you think about any board game or anything, I'm a big cribbage fan, being from up in Michigan, mm-hmm. and you peg, you know. Mm-hmm. So Green Peg was green is for go. It's green light. Green and light, yeah. And you peg and you go ahead. So green peg is another example of giving some focus. So if you work for them now, you'd say, All right, what are we gonna do today? And cribbage, you peg out. It means you you win, you count your cards out, or we're gonna we're gonna go today, or we're mm-hmm. gonna get with it. Right. Green peg. So that's number two. So we've got clarity, number one, and we've got focus, number two. And number three is where the rubber meets the road, and that is sometimes the rebrand is required just to allow for growth and expansion. Then the identity can become so constricting and constrictive that it's literally keeping you from growing. Um, And this is where you can make real dollars, where rebranding can make a real difference. And we have seen this a number of times, probably one of the most striking ones. um, We had a Client that came to us, Kansas City Sampler, we've talked about that sold fan paraphernalia, shirts, all kinds of things, trinkets. If you're a fan of any of the teams in Kansas, they wanted to expand expand nationwide. And the joke was, we're not in Kansas anymore. So I had Liz check. I said, boy, they've just been growing. We rebranded them around the central focal point of being a fan. We call them Rally House. So there's a rebrand from Kansas City Sampler to Rally House. Just rally for your team. You're in our house. You know, you know, so they really own this idea of fans. And they're in Texas. I remember when they got to their fourth or fifth store. So just before the show, I said, Liz, how, how much has that allowed them to grow beyond their original one to two stores in Kansas? And she looked it up and they have sixty one stores now. Yeah. 61, and I don't think they would be there with Kansas City Sampler nationwide.
2: No, no they would not be all along the East Coast and yes. the Midwest just with Kansas City Sampler.
1: I don't think and other states
2: know, would have accepted it.
1: I, and, you know, could they have made it? It would be Kansas City Sampler. Could you overbrand it with, I know it's called Kansas but I do know that they sell sporting goods and stuff. Yeah. I mean, you can... But, why torture yourself? yeah, why create that hurdle yeah you're in you know I think
2: that would just be pushing a
1: boulder uphill, yes, it is you know uh, one of the quotes I, that I love to repeat is, "The last thing a brand should fight is itself, yeah, you know, I tell clients that all the time, and I say don't don't be an obstacle to yourself. We had a client in um Chicago area, Joliet. Which was famous. It's not so well known anymore, but it was just really associated for a long, long time with one of the most famous or infamous prisons, Joliet Prison. I'm not sure if that's the one Johnny Cash went to, but anyway, hmm. it's a it's a city with a prison.
2: <laughs> yeah, and like Jackson, Michigan. Right?
1: Kind of, yeah. Every every state probably has one.
2: Yeah, that's what I think of
1: so in michigan yeah this was not a not a pretty place and so to name your cabinetry high-end cabinetry business after a city and then what does it say too as they expand do you only do this in joliet you know so it's come a double whammy uh, do you prisoners make my cabinets and do <laughs> they only make them in the city limits so he struggled with that and at the time we had this client i think it was really during that economic downturn so he was well, it's really going to be an investment, but he made it. Um, And so we went through the naming and branding process and looked at all the different ways that he differentiated himself. And it was really through his custom, custom touches that really labored to give people exactly what they wanted. And he did it with real woods. So we used a word for wood, arbor. And because they did kind of mill work, we created the brand Arbor Mills. So if you go to ArborMills.com, it's just a beautiful site with beautiful work. And that's allowed him to to grow as well. We were quoted this week in uh, the Washington Post, was it? Yeah, the Washington Post. You talk about growth and expansion. This applies even to really large companies. Walmart is feeling a little stunted because they're having trouble competing with the likes of Amazon. So even though this isn't a huge rebrand, they decided to drop the name Stores from their name because they don't want people thinking of them only as bricks and mortar. So for growth and expansion reasons, they are dropping the hyphen, they're getting rid of Walmart Stores, Inc., and they're just becoming Walmart in an attempt to grow and become more ubiquitous, much like Amazon. So they want you to think of Walmart like you think of Amazon. Like, I could just buy it anywhere on my phone. I can... Just go to walmart.com. I can just do that. Burlington announced this last couple months that they were going to drop coat factory to become more ubiquitous to grow. Because So this growth can be you're trying to grow out of a geographic area or you're growing out of a, an industry niche. So this case, they don't want to just be known as, as a coat factory. Betting, this, that, and the other thing. So, one of the benefits is when you get out of those niches, these verticals, you tend to just get more revenue. We saw one client, Wholesale Landscape Supply, when they rebranded from Wholesale Landscape Supply, sounds like a, a heading in a yellow pages, to Big Earth. This is uh, 2009, 2010. It was one of the worst years they had been coming out of in forever. With that rebrand, to Big Earth, they did a 200% increase in store over store revenue in one year. And when I asked uh, Adam, who, who works there, do you really attribute it to the name? He said, Yeah, because we just, this other name was just Teflon. People would drive by, our name is just is slippery. People couldn't remember it. So it created a lot of notoriety for them. So when you do this and you shift and you rebrand and you get out of a, a, a niche or you get out of a geographic area, sometimes you'll find you're in a whole different industry space. And by doing that, the industry space that you now occupy can sometimes be multiples larger than the one that you were previously in. You know, the, the famous example is Apple getting out of Apple computers. Well, the computer market in total isn't nearly the size of the market of all the the iPhones, music, everything else that they occupy now. So even if they went down to a smaller percentage of the ocean, it's better than having a large percentage of a little pond. So when you think of rebranding, you might be allowing yourself to switch from fishing in a pond and being associated with a pond to being associated with the ocean and much bigger fish are out there. And so you land business outside of this. All of a sudden, you're much more relevant. They call that blue ocean strategy. And you climb out of that pigeonhole. And if you found yourself pigeonholed, a rebrand can can be a catalyst to help you climb out of that and find new markets and have people see you in new ways that they've never seen you before. So that's our number three is for growth expansion. And we're going to touch on the last two when we come back here on the other side of the break. But we're talking about benefits benefits. For rebranding on brilliant branding, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you? Visit voiceamerica.tv
0: today for sports, health, business, and more on demand twenty-four-seven. Your brand is your story, and getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote that's tungstenbranding.com tune in to the voice america variety channel on the voice america talk radio network voice america variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are listening to brilliant branding to reach our show today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com now back to this week's program
1: Boom, boom, boom. We're talking about how to get some really big benefits out of your rebrand, and three of them we've talked about so far today are clarity, focus, which is that sense of mission and purpose that you instill, and the growth, everyone, the CFO loves to hear that, growth and expansion that you get, where sometimes through the rebrand, you kind of not only lose this narrow niche that you were in, but you gain entry into new markets just like apple did with all of their products and all of a sudden you're fishing in a in a, in a blue ocean versus a tiny little mucky pond get out of that mucky pond you're in <laughs> with a with a nice rebrand uh, a lot of people don't realize this but the original name for verizon talking about a mucky little outdated pond was general telephone and electric the electric is what always amazes me It wasn't just telephone. And, you know, who wants to be in the telephone business? You know, it's such an old school. And again, there's that word general. Yeah. That must have been just the buzzword of the early 1900s. General Mills, General Motor.
2: That probably makes them seem big and expensive. Yeah,
1: general. We
2: are the general.
1: Pervasive. Yeah. But, you know, now they're Verizon. And Verizon, all of these companies are constantly morphing to become more than just, you know, phone service. Because they'd all be dying right now if they were living on that. So one, two, three, we've got clarity, focus, growth, and expansion. Number four, another big benefit, if you take advantage of it and you do it right, next week we'll talk about the process itself, but things you should be looking for as a result of your rebrand is creating uniqueness around your new identity. Some people, because while they're looking for clarity, they're also looking for differentiation. We live in a world where there's just so much competition in the space that we occupy, that we really need to let clients know what is different, unique, or compelling about us. And if you don't create that, and a matter of fact, it's so, it's, it, clients will sometimes do the antithesis of this and that they'll get caught up between this weird branding slash SEO struggle where they're trying to be unique and different and yet rank. So they'll use garden variety, industry terms in their name hoping that somehow that will help make them more relevant and more understandable and that they'll shoot up to the top of the search engines but the more you do that there's so many people in, in most people's industries that the chance that you're going to rank just because your name has keywords in it is just infinitesimally small what is far better is to become known because you are so good. You stand out so much at what you do that people know your name. They remember your name. And when they Google your name, you and only you show up. You know, so they don't find, you know, 500 other things. That's why I don't like acronyms because you're competing with everybody else that has the same acronym. That's why I don't like just generic keywords because you're competing with a sea of them. So you create a name and guess what? You and only you show up. Um, we have a client that was struggling with this. They were a very large mental health provider out in Colorado. It was Pikes Peak Behavioral Health Care Group. Now imagine that one. It went, I think their web address was like ppbhcg.org. Oh, my gosh. Underneath them, they had 14 or 15 different divisions of companies that all had different names. And what's more is there's 350 other Pikes Peaks in that area. Pikes Peak, whatever, daycare, nursery, um, who knows, computers, <laughs> Pikes Peak, everything.
2: Generally Pikes
1: Just Peak. Just general Pikes Peak. Pikes <laughs> Peak General. It's probably the hospital. It's probably Pikes Peak the, general. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So they came and they said, we need a name, and in the end they decided they still wanted a little bit of that legacy and heritage and the sound of being involved in that general region and they were looking for a name that, when you looked, you found them and only them. And at the final consensus was Aspen Point. Still sounded Colorado-ish. And the story they loved about the Aspen was all of their roots grow together under the ground. And even though they appear as individual trees, they're all united underneath. We'll get to that in a minute. we we'll could give you a little heads up here what's coming about platform, the story. Um, but they love that, and now instead of typing Pikes Peak and, you know, 350, and they're not even in your industry. That's 350 other companies sh- show up. Now it's Aspen Point, and it goes right to them. Mm-hmm. So it really created that clarity for them. All their brands just adopted the name Aspen Point. They had a cafe, and now it's just Aspen Point Cafe and Aspen Point this. So it really cleared things up for them. Um, we had a client that just a lot of these just came to us because they're just generic urethane um, wholesale wholesale urethane supply. What was it? you urethane, urethane supply company.
2: Yeah, that's
1: what it was. Yeah. So yeah even, right. Right. To prove our own point.
2: Something what with, was their name? They were supplying something and except a, they weren't supplying specific it anymore product they had.
1: And yeah. we wanted they wanted something different. And so we created the name Polyvance cuz they were really dealing with polymers now it's just like we've talked about these companies evolve they advance they change they morph so Polyvance became a name very distinctive they created two comic strip characters one was Polly and the other one was Vance yes and they were superheroes
2: yeah they made a really cool
1: really one. cool comic and yeah. so it created this whole kind of just fun interplay between them and the challenges of creating the right copolymers and all <laughs> the geeky, techy stuff that normally is boring. They, they had a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. Created, so if you look up polyvance, you're going to only find them. Yeah. But if you looked up urethane, there'd be thousands of listings for that. And ironically, even if they, against all odds, ranked for that, that's not really what they do anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that, creating that white space around it We had someone that was doing um, enhancements, um, breast augmentation. It was called the Ultimate Breast Lift, Mm -hmm. and they had that trademark. Yes. But that is, you know, breast lift. You look it up, there's probably thousands of cosmetics.
2: This one was the
1: ultimate. This was the ultimate. So (laughs) I guess as long as nobody else claimed that theirs was the ultimate, you were fine. But, again, very generic terminology. That sounds, again, a more like, Liz, like a descriptor phrase. Like you yeah. would brand name and under the brand would be the ultimate breast lift method. Mm-hmm. But they struggled. They The doctor's name was Horndeski, and they called it the Horndeski method. Mm-hmm. Then they decided to rebrand and call it the ultimate breast lift method. Mm-hmm. And then that became from one, you know, out of the frying pan into the fire. And it became very generic in yeah. terms of ranking.
2: And that doesn't especially, you know, women... Getting their breasts augmented probably would not, you know, be attracted to sort of a very functional name such as that.
1: Right. It just sounded like an operation. It's almost like the cyber knife
2: versus the Da Vinci. Exactly. Remember those
1: two technologies? One's the Da Vinci. It's artful. It's masterful. Mm -hmm. The other one was the cyber. I don't want to be reminded that it's a knife. Mm -hmm. So we went through the naming process with them and explored. What do you want? We want it to sound you know, softer. We want it to sound more inviting and engaging. We want to bring out the fact that you'll have a more beautiful physique because we'll, we'll you know, help sculpt you. And so we ended up with a brand name, Bell Soma mm-hmm. and bell being like, like Be- bell, like yeah, beautiful bell, of the ball, bell, yeah. of the ball. bell was in beauty and the beast, mm-hmm. right?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and Soma is body. Latin for body. Mm-hmm. So Bell Soma gave them the ability to kind of language that in a way. And it created again, that white space, that uniqueness. Now, if you look up Bell Soma, You'll find them, but if you were to just say, you know, breast surgery or breast augmentation or ultimate breast, it would be harder to rank for that, and it'd be f- forgettable.
2: Is it was exactly? What about was it the awesome, ultimate it the or best? The, best? the best or the awesomest?
1: Or the awesomest. Yeah, yes. right. the most awesome. Yeah, breast lift. So that it, we're creating the same thing. Uh, another example of creating that that white space is. And again it started with a company that started a very functional product they did testing software and just created a test online and so it was called test craft so to get ranked for that and to stand out for that it was just kind of genericized and just sounded but they really developed this product where it really created insights into the human psychology of why people do what they do not just what they do but their motivators and this thing was just an an, an eloquent IT platform it would just do things that were amazing and so they wanted to create some differentiation so aligning it and again this some of these overlay this goes back to creating that sense of mission and purpose and focus and creating uniqueness mm-hmm. so you can say, hit some home runs here if you do it right um, we created the name brillium an, an element of brilliance you know, so Brillium is, is that quasi-scientific sound. It sounds elemental. Yes. And it opened up this whole conversation about what is Brillium about and allowed them to create an entire brand story, um, which people found much more engaging than saying, have you ever used Testcraft? You know? <laughs> which sounded kind of toolish and forgettable and lost in a sea of, of potential sound-alikes. Mm-hmm. So creating that uniqueness and that white space, counterintuitive because people are in this SEO frenzy, but throwing yourself in with a generic name, with keywords, does not get you to the top of Google. It makes you forgettable. You become Teflon, brand name, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's not a good one. Our last one, and, and this is, I think, what gives a great name legs in advertising. They talk about ad campaigns and if an ad campaign has legs it catches on it's not just a one hit wonder it goes on for years um, and people talk about it I think what gives a brand legs is if you can create a brand that does the things we've talked about today but one of the biggest benefits is if you can end up with a brand story that it provides for a messaging platform so we've seen companies Liz and we've talked about this that are unique for unique sake there was one out there we ran into in our space that was just called Blue Taco. And I've always thought, that's great, and you've got my attention, but what do you say next? It's like the movie, You Had Me at Hello.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, right.
1: Hi, I'm with Blue Taco. Well, now what? Yeah. I mean, unless unless you've got some heritage story of how you came about that, it it becomes a, a very convoluted explanation. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you can create names that allow you to message, one of them we did, it was DeCosimo, It's a legacy, DeCosimo CPAs, Certified Public Accountants. They did mergers and acquisitions, and they really wanted to be able to charge like an MA f- firm instead of just charging hourly like a CPA firm. So they needed a platform to really talk about how they connect people. And we, because they were located in Chattanooga, we created the brand name Four Bridges, because there's four major rivers there. And that bridge became a metaphor for talking about connecting, spanning, uh, bridging the divide, reaching out, doing things in ways that other people can't. We bring two parties together. We help them to merge. And what better way to merge than to be that facilitating piece to be that bridge that helps bring these two parties together and enables you to cross this divide that you couldn't do on your own. Another one, it was the same thing. It was a legacy name, York Services. Mm -hmm. And what did he tell us? Everybody just thought he was smallish?
2: Yeah, just very small and wouldn't be able to do the job. Can you handle
1: the job, your York Services? To me, it sounds like HVAC. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, my my heater's not working. I'm going to call York Services to come out. Yes. He's in the consulting business. And so we created the name Lumagent. And again, pivoted around the value proposition of being bright, brilliant, illuminated, insightful, enlightened, and coming up with solutions for business processes that were really intelligent and thought out. And he has some wonderful examples he shared with us of ways that he worked with clients where he basically told them, you need to just quit doing what you're doing. You know, just quit spending the money and you'll be better off. Mm -hmm. And so he brings this real clear insight and perspective that York services just didn't do justice to.
2: Right, exactly. Yeah.
1: So sure. that's your messaging platform. So when you come up with a name, next week we're going to be talking about, well, okay, this is great. I need to do rebrand. You've got me at hello, like we've talked about. Now I, I believe in the benefits that I'll receive by, by having a better name. And sure, I would love my name to do all of these, to be clear, to give us a sense of focus that would allow us to expand and grow. It would be memorable and give us a platform, but how do I get there from here? How do I make that happen? Well, that involves following a process. And next week, we're going to talk to you about if you go through a rebrand, how do you get from A to B or A to Z and end up with a result where you have a brilliant brand that does everything that a brand needs to do, that it's the four Cs. It's clear, concise, compelling, consistent. So we're going to be talking next week about the rebranding process, and we hope that you're enjoying this. So make sure to join us at TungstenBranding.com, and we look forward to speaking with you next week on Brilliant Branding.
0: Thank you for listening to Brilliant Branding. Please join host Phil Davis and co-host Liz Heemstra for another edition of the program next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, stay brilliant.